welcome to this week's uh, Photographic Life, the third and final episode in this mini-series in which I've been trying to look at specific elements of the state of photography today. This week we're going to talk about the future. I think there's one thing for sure, and that's none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. This afternoon, the future is unknown. And certainly within photography and the photographic medium, uh, a, a medium which is so connected to the functionality, the development, the evolution of the very equipment we use to capture images with, We really are in the hands of others. However much we would like to try and control that future, we absolutely cannot. Now, of course, we don't always have to embrace the future. We can, if we wish, remain in the past. We can stay true to those traditional ways of working. In a digital world filled with AI, there are still people out there working with egg yolks, salt and the sun to create photographic images. And I have no problem with that. However, one of the key factors that I've tried to deal with in this mini-series is the reality of being a working photographer. As in previous weeks, I'd like to begin this episode by looking back, back to the 1970s once again, to try and, I suppose in a sense, um, give a, a context to where we currently are today. And once again, I'm going to turn to a particular issue of the British Journal of Photography, this time from the 4th of April, 1975, And I'm going to turn to the editor's letter that said this, and I think you're going to find a lot of this eerily relevant. The price of essential living commodities continues to rise steadily, and sooner or later this must bite heavily into the amount of cash which can be spent on other products. The increases in fares, fuel, postage all indicate that the spiral has by no means finished and sooner or later the wage increases must steady up. At the moment, many workers still feel that they can always gain increases to cover the rise in prices and, as we all know, this will have to stop. I'm sure a lot of what I've just said there must sound very relevant to a lot of you listening here. But before I pick up on those points, I'd like to read something from another editor's letter from the same magazine, from the British Journal of Photography, this time from the 2nd of January, 1981. It says this, uh, the outlook in photography for 1981 looks very mixed. Although salaried photographers such as those working in plant and for departments have seen redundancies and a few like Vickers complete closures, cutbacks have been more usually in staff 
and any facilities expansion. Fortunately, the stage has been reached where the necessity for photography is much better realised. Predictions of how this year will turn out in the nation's economics vary, with every expert you consult. Looking at a reasonable range of assessments, it looks that, although unemployment may increase, there is every chance that by the spring interest rates may reach a level where industry can begin to invest for the future again, and from then on, the photographic profession tied in with commerce and industry should begin to benefit. Well, I think there are two points I'd like to raise here. The first one is the fact that a photographic magazine in the 1970s and 1980s considers it so important to not deal with photography, but to deal with economics. And I don't see a lot of that today. But at the same time, I hear a lot of concern from photographers, particularly around the uh, arrival of AI. Just as in the 1980s, there was a change from this idea of big companies having their own photographic departments and in-house photographers. So today, AI puts a similar pressure on working photographers who are being commissioned and who are creating work. There seems to be a lot of fear for the future of photography, and perhaps that in itself is a, a description of the state of photography today. I spoke about the present last week, but this week, what I'm also feeling is that the present is a fear of the future. And because we don't know what that future is, that almost becomes the future itself. We write a narrative of doom. Now, what I would like to try and do is bring a little bit of balance to that. And recently I heard somebody describe AI in what I thought was a very, very clear way and a way in which I think could really help photographers not feel too gloomy. It's this. We use our smartphones to send messages, text messages, and quite often we have prescriptive text. And that prescriptive text will try and guess what uh, we're going to say and what we want to say. Sometimes it'll get it right, but the chances are it gets it wrong unless we're using a phrase or a sentence that we've used previously. Now, if we see AI in the same way, AI is scraping those images together that it thinks that we want, and it's pulling them together to make an image which it believes that we want, but it's being made without understanding. So that exact same understanding when we have when we're writing, it's the same understanding we're having when we're making images. And therefore, that image that's being made is one that's being made without understanding. Now, that's exactly what the photographer brings, which is why I feel that the photographer does not have to feel that the future of photography will be without them. Once again, I'd like to turn to the past to try and help us understand the future. Once again, to that uh, 
issue of the British Journal of Photography from 1981 and a reader's letter, which I think, and I hope you agree, have been really insightful over the last couple of episodes. This one is from Andrew Ward, 22 Thornhill Crescent, London, N1. Slightly strange, actually, because I used to live just off of Thornhill Crescent. But anyway... This is what Andrew had to say, and his letter was titled, Photography is Not One Profession. Again, this is from 1981. He says this, Firstly, I do not think that photography is one profession. It is a skill used for many different purposes in many quite different professions, such as advertising, industrial and commercial work, medicine and journalism, which require different trainings and ethical codes and different professional bodies to uh, organise them. As a photographer working in the profession of journalism, I belong, together with writers, reporters, cartoonists, sub-editors, layout artists and many others, to the appropriate professional organisation. Provided no one wants to be top dog, we can all work together and the world would soon know when photographers as a whole wanted something done. Well, it's very interesting here. One, of course, the letter is very much dealing with this idea of separate organisations and unions, which very much ties in to where we currently are with a lot of the disputes, uh, disputes, I should say, which are going on within the television, the film, the writers, the actors, the academic, the teaching environments. In fact, anywhere that has a union at the moment, is talking out, talking up and asking for more money, which directly relates to what I was talking about at the beginning of this episode with those um, editor's letters. We are currently in an economic crisis with no sign of it improving over the coming months, perhaps years. Who knows? But photography has got a, gone, I should say, at such a pace over the last few years that the combination of this economic crisis and that crisis amongst photographers as to where the medium is going, I think, has been very detrimental, obviously. But it also has created uh, an overblown kind of response, in my opinion. You may disagree with me about that. I'm always a half-glass-full kind of a guy. I always describe myself as an optimistic realist. I'm very happy to look at the problems and the issues that we face as photographers. But to say that the future of photography is over, that the future of photography is dead, is, in my opinion, a hyperbole that is not relevant. There will be challenges, and there are a lot of challenges for for photographers, as there has been since the birth of the digital revolution concerning copyright and ethics. But I'd like to put those separately at this point and first and, and really focus on the idea of the maker. I already know of a lot of photographers who are incorporating AI into their uh, practice. They're seeing it as a creative opportunity, I suppose very much in the same way that I saw the moving image functionality of a camera being the same thing roughly 13 years ago now. For me, 
stills image and moving image was the future. But actually, I'm wrong. It's the future for some. And I feel that perhaps AI will go the same way. There is a joke which I've heard amongst photographers. It's this. What's the difference between a uh, 12-inch deep pan pizza and a photographer? Well, the pizza can feed a family of four. Dark, but perhaps in some uh, instances, accurate. The reality, of course, today is that photography may not be your sole form of income. And I think that's the future of photography also. I know wedding photographers might think they'll try and make enough money through a certain period, the spring and the summer, and that might carry them through. They might think about working every other week or once a month or so forth, and the wedding photography might be a sideline. I know that's not the case for all, but it is the case for many. So let's think about that in the context of the commissioned photographer working for brands and for magazines and for newspapers. I think the future of photography isn't that you have to be out making photographs and being paid for it every day. If you're a commissioned photographer and somebody phones you up and they say, hey, you free next Tuesday to do this? And in the past, you may have been booked to do something else, another shoot for another client. And you'd say, no, sorry, can't do then, but I can do Thursday or I could do Wednesday, whatever it may be. And that would be okay. So perhaps in the future, we're in the same situation. Maybe there's a part-time job that you're doing. Maybe you're engaged with something else. It could be photographic related. It could be communications related. It may not. And one of those days where you're not doing that thing, you're still putting yourself forward as a commissioned photographer. You might just not be available all of the time. I think there's a lot of ego around being a photographer, and to do that would require, especially if you've been successful and working for a long time, the eating of a lot of humble pie, and that can take a real toll on your mental well-being. That very thing is something that Bill Shapiro and I will be talking about pivoting uh, in a future episode of this podcast, so look out for that. But I think that is the future of photography. I think the future of photography is in making photographs. It isn't about conforming to a preconceived idea, perhaps an idea of what the role of the photographer is that was first created back in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, previous decades, previous times. And although what I've tried to do throughout these three episodes is identify themes, universal themes that are not new to our situation we find now, but have always been there. The really key thing, I believe, is in how we address, move with, adapt, evolve that understanding of working as a photographer the themes haven't changed, but I do believe that the ways in which we respond to them could. 
over the last three weeks, I've thrown some things against the wall. I've had some thoughts. I've given them to you. I don't think I've come to any real conclusions. And that really isn't the point of this podcast. I'm not here to give definite answers to anything. I suppose, in a way, what you're doing is listening in to the conversation that's going on inside my head and what I'm thinking about. And so often is the case with those conversations. I look back and I try to read what others were saying in the past to try and bring some context to the future. Am I, uh, what's the word? Am I uh, feeling positive about the state of photography today? Well, yes and no. I'm conflicted. I'm very frustrated by a lot of the uh, conversation I see, a lot of the um, writing I read about where photography is today. I think in many ways it's blinkered. It's not opening up its eyes to what could be, but it's also rejecting a lot of what was. And I think that's a great shame because I would prefer that photography itself was more open to everything. It really is the most democratic of mediums. The idea that you need training in photography is no longer the case. You definitely need training in learning how to see. You need training in learning how to tell stories, find subject matter. If you want to work in photography, you definitely need to research the current environment. You need to look at AI, VR, you need to look at gaming, you need to look at marketing, at social media, you need to open your eyes to the possibilities of photography, not just the possibility of making the image, but perhaps more importantly, the dissemination and use of the image. You also need training in marketing, in how to sell yourself, how to position yourself. All of this is essential in the current economic climate. That way, you can respond to the challenges that the world that is giving us in a way which is rewarding to you both creatively and perhaps also financially. That's how I feel. You may feel differently. You may disagree. And that's great. I think what's really important is that you do what you feel is right. I know that that's exactly what I'm going to do. But also, as always, I'm going to take care.